Some lessons from the start of minicamp. Plus, Aaron Rodgers says he will definitely retire a Green Bay Packer. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Flotsam. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm here because going to cover the Packers for the leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. And thanks to Blue Nile for sponsoring today's episode make your moment sparkle with jewelry from bluenile.com locked on packers listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more with the promo code locked on at checkout minicamp opens up qb1 is there that seems to be the thing that everyone is most excited about most focused on from all of this and we're going to talk about the aaron Rodgers of it all a little bit later i know some of you have aaron Rodgers fatigue and so you want to you you did not follow the tweets breathlessly all day about who was doing what. And you were not one of the lucky fans who got to be at practice, got to see what was going on. These mini camp practices, two of the three are open to the fans, which is a very cool thing. And training camp, of course, open to the fans as well. Go check that out if you're in the area. And even if you're not in the area, go check it out. It is a great time. I have done it uh, with friends and family. Um, it's just a really fun thing to go and experience. There are people tailgate. It's crazy. Like people drunk at OTAs or at training camp. It's great. Um, be, drink responsibly. <laughs> so a couple things. There were, we, we talked about this on the show. There were things I wanted to see and there were things I wanted to see. Okay, these are two different, these are two different things. <laughs> there were things I was curious about. How would this look? And then there were things I wanted to see. I wanted to see changes. I wanted to see the Packers do X, Y, and Z. We got some, some answers and some, some clarity on a number of those things. The first was, and these are connected, what would the Packers look like in nickel? How were they going to play? Because just from a, a personnel standpoint, we wondered, Okay, if Quay Walker is not ready to go, can they play as much true nickel as they want to? Where you take a defensive lineman off the field, you're playing the two linebackers with the extra corner on the field. That's that's position A. We got an answer to that. I'll get to it in a second. Position B, uh, the slot. What? Who was going to be there? How are the players going to be aligned? Who was going to be do, doing what in that alignment? We got an answer to that too. And then a couple different things I wanted to see. I wanted to see what was going on with the receivers, who was going to be making plays. And then what I wanted to see was Christian Watson making some plays with Aaron Rodgers, developing some of that chemistry. We're going to talk more about the chemistry piece of this and, and Aaron Rodgers' role later in the show. And another thing I really wanted to see was Aaron Rodgers playing in the backfield with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon at the same time. 
it was something that was extremely effective for the Packers last season, but they didn't do it very much. I think we're going to see it more this season. And if early minicamp um, returns are anything to be believed to project forward, we're going to see that. A.J. Dillon in the backfield, Aaron Jones split out wide. Aaron Jones was top five in terms of non-receivers being split out wide, non-pass catchers, among running backs, essentially. And it's not even fair because Cordero Patterson was one of the guys ahead of him, and Cordero Patterson, for his entire career, was a receiver. He was converted to running back in Atlanta, basically the way Ty Montgomery was, because they didn't have anybody else. I think part of the solution to the Devontae Adams problem is Aaron Jones split out wide. We're starting to see some of that stuff take a little bit of shape. Back to the defense, though. Quay Walker out there with the ones in nickel, which is their base. I know that's confusing, but they will be in nickel more than anything else, it seems like. Right? Okay, so why is that important? He's a first-round pick. Okay, but in OTAs, Chris Barnes was running ahead of him. So already, Quay Walker is being given the opportunity to go win that job. And the Packers are big on competition. Matt LaFleur has talked about this ad nauseum. He wants the best guys out there. It's not just the best five in terms of the offensive line. It's not just the best three in terms of defensive backs. It is the best 11. Put the best 11 out there that you can and figure the rest out. Figure the rest out. I love that about his style and what they're able to do. Quay Walker is going to be given the chance to essentially be the every down linebacker for the Packers because if he's going to play nickel, I guess Devondre Campbell probably going to be the lone linebacker in dime depending on how they want to play it. And if you trust Quay Walker to be the guy in nickel, and by the way, that's going to, that's going to be what they're in most of the time, then it almost doesn't matter if he's your base linebacker. It almost doesn't. If you're if you're a nickel 60% of the time, let's say, and you're in dime 15, 20% of the time, and you're in base 15, 20% of the time, then really the only thing that matters is who is in the nickel. Well, that's Quay Walker. So he's going to be your de facto starter there as of this moment. Plenty can change, but the fact that he was a first round pick that they use that first first round pick on him clearly saw the upside with all the misgivings that I have about that pick and and the process of it and and how that all went down I understand that that stuff matters and the pedigree does matter and they like him enough to give him every opportunity to fail if he's already there if he's already getting these first team reps barring injury it's a wrap he is your starting linebacker next to Devondre Campbell the other thing interesting about this defense and nickel, Russell Douglas in the slot. This is something that I don't think we should get too ahead of ourselves on uh, because he said, you know, it's early. We're just sort of figuring things out. To me, this has all the makings of we're just going to throw guys at that spot and see who pops. We're going to see what combinations work. That seems to be the coach's approach. Hey, we'll just figure this out. We'll give Rasul some, today will be Rasul in the slot day. Tomorrow will be Jair in the slot day. We'll see some Darnell Savage in the slot days. We'll see some, maybe even Eric Stokes in the slot days, just to give everyone a chance to get those looks. Plus, 
It just makes you more valuable. It just makes everything a little bit more versatile when if you like a matchup, like you like Eric Stokes on a particular receiver and you you feel comfortable moving him into the slot because he played a bunch there, whether they're going to be in man coverage or not. That is something that I think you want to be ready for because there are going to be games where you want a bigger body on a slot receiver. Teams like the Chiefs, for example, who like to split Travis Kelsey out in the NFC. You don't like George Kittle is not used in the same sort of way, but maybe you want someone like Russell Douglas or Eric Stokes on him. So these reps are good. Again, even if you're not in man coverage. Even if you're not in man coverage, having that bigger body in just in that space, and especially if they are in that region, because now you're, you are that underneath lurk defender, you have a bigger body in there to defend against those tight ends. I think that's a really useful thing for the Packers to have. And so that, that cross-training is, is really important. Offensively, two things that I want to hit on here. Two receivers jumped out on day one. Juwan Winfrey continues to be an impressive spring-summer guy. We need to start seeing it in exhibition games. He was hurt last year for exhibition season. We didn't really get to see him get opportunities in game action. And then in the regular season, in the limited action he did get was underwhelming relative to what we had seen. We had Kurt Benkert on this show last year, last spring. He said the guy who stood out to him the most was just obvious to him. He was almost shocked I asked the question. That's how good he viewed Juwan Winfrey as having been in the spring. He needs to put this together now. Because there is an opportunity here to go get some reps now. First team, Aaron Rodgers, two wide receiver set, Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson. Now, Alan Lazard, not in the building, doesn't have to be um, because he doesn't have his tender signed. His agent said he's focused on this season, all that stuff. He wants to come to camp training camp, he wants to minimize his risk and he wants to get paid at the end of the season or maybe in the middle of the season, depending on what the Packers want to do here. He deserves a contract. You hope he gets one. Christian Watson already running with the ones, albeit an injury depleted group of ones. But remember, and this is something that I think is a little underrated. Randall Cobb is the most veteran receiver in this group, but he's a slot player. So, He's not going to be out there in two receiver sets. And Sammy Watkins is probably not going to play 16 games. So Christian Watson is going to play and probably going to play a lot. And right now he's popping. He's popping. And that's something that I think the Packers have to be really, really excited about with all of the caveats of it's early. It's just mini camp. There's there's not really a lot that you can learn in here. But having someone, having that athleticism be real. And to see it and to have Aaron Rodgers recognize it and get him some looks. That's an important piece of the process moving forward. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Blue Nile. You can be forgiven for not being an expert on fine jewelry. I'm not. And I bought some. It is a difficult thing to feel like you can go in and make a confident decision. That's why Blue Nile gives you help. They have staff specifically designed, even online, to help you pick out the perfect piece. And that is the beauty of online shopping with Blue Nile. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're just celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as they are. 
they bring you that at Blue Nile. No matter what you're looking for, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. Make your moment sparkle with BlueNile.com. And Locked On Packers listeners can get $50 off a purchase of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings. So use code LOCKEDON at BlueNile.com. So there is an Aaron Rodgers piece of all this that we have to get into, right? Of course we do. We have to. And I think the easiest way to start is with the quote. And the quote he was asked about his future. And he essentially said, um, you know, the, the way the contract is set up, it's year to year. Um, but was asked point blank, do you see yourself finishing your career in Green Bay? He said, definitely, definitely. This raises questions about Jordan Love, his future. This raises questions about Aaron Rodgers. Um, and not, not new questions, but what's interesting to me is in this case, we're talking about his old answer to this question. His old answer was always, I want to finish my career in Green Bay. I, I think it's special what Kobe did, what Dirk did, what Duncan did. He always went to basketball examples and stayed with one team their entire career. He felt that. And that's part of what made this so unbelievable to me last offseason when we had to go through this whole process of did he want to go and all of that. So it's not surprising to hear him say that now. He signed the contract. We knew that this was probably where he was in, in this process, that he felt like, okay, I'm retiring as a Packer. This is what signing this contract means is I'm retiring as a Green Bay Packer. That's objectively good. Aaron Rodgers is still an awesome quarterback, one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the league, and it's the best chance for the Green Bay Packers to win a Super Bowl this season and probably next season and probably the year after that. But a couple of things he said perplexed me a little bit. Um, and one was he was asked about recruiting Devontae Adams. And he said, you know, no, it, you know, th there was not really anything I could say to him. We talk almost every day. And I thought that was interesting because on one hand, I get it. Devontae Adams has been in Green Bay. He knows these coaches. He knows these players. He knows this offense. He knows Aaron Rodgers. So what is Rodgers really going to say in terms of, hey, let me sell you on the idea of being here. But at the same time, if you're Aaron Rodgers, I think a lot of fans are going, why didn't you, you don't have to beg, but give him the hard sell. Hey, come on. Let's win a Super Bowl here. This is your, your legacy. It means something to me to finish my career in Green Bay. Imagine what you can do. You can go down as the greatest modern receiver in Packers history if you stay. We can go down as one of the greatest duos of all time if you stay. Aaron Rodgers asked to be a recruiter. So where is the recruiting? But, I, but again, I also get the part of it that's like, what am I going to say? If he wants out, he knows all the pros. He knows all the cons. And... I, you know, I, I was just talking to someone in the league about this the other day and, you know, the, David Carr said that 
there had been a trade previous and that he'd been wanting to be traded for a long time. I don't know, know about that, but what this what this person in the league was saying was this is this is not all about what's going on right now with Aaron Rodgers. That uh Devontae just wanted to be somewhere else. He wanted to be closer to home, like he said. He wanted to play with Derek Carr. And there were some some scars in Green Bay. And that Green Bay was maybe not his favorite place. I had heard that from multiple sources. So that's that's just the reality. I do think if you're a fan, though, you're going, I, I could you try? Maybe. That would just be like, maybe. I I get I get both sides of that one. Here's here's the thing I don't get both sides of. He was asked about building chemistry with his receivers. And his initial response was to say that it's really all about what the receivers do. I'm, I'm, you know, readers digesting it for you, but about the notes that they take and the things that they can retain and all that stuff and about him communicating to them clearly. Here's, here's, the, here's the problem I have with that. You are Aaron Rodgers. It's up to you to set the tone. Everyone is looking to you. And so to start the answer with, it's about them. Well, yes, we know they need to get on the same page with the playbook. We know they need to know where to be. We know they need to know where you expect them to be. But Don't you bear some responsibility as the leader of this team, as the quarterback of this team, as the guy who wants to win that second Super Bowl so badly? I mean, I I hate to do this. I really do. It's just not the answer Tom Brady would give. It's not the answer Peyton Manning would give. It's not the answer I think Patrick Mahomes would give or Justin Herbert or Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott. It's not, the, it's not the answer Kirk Cousins would give. Now, that doesn't mean it's the wrong answer. I think everything he said is right. That it is, it is a lot about what they can do. The reason you, you start it that way and you frame it that way is because he wasn't at OTAs. He knows that's why the question is being asked. It's essentially what responsibility do you have to be here to show up to make sure you maximize your reps? That's what he's pushing back against. And I understand the impulse to do that. I have also been on the record again and again saying it's not about whether Aaron Rodgers needs the reps. It's all about if these guys need the reps and we know they do. The more reps with Aaron Rodgers would make it easier for him to communicate the things that he says he needs to communicate. That's the part of responsibility that he wanted to take. I have to communicate to them where they need to be, what the expectations are, all that stuff. That's true. 100% that's true. But guess where you need to be to do that? On the field. And guess what needs to happen? They need to be in the wrong place. And then you need to correct them. And then you can move forward. The the more opportunities you have together to fail collectively, the more opportunities you have to learn. And so that's why being at OTAs with an entirely new cast of receivers matters. He also said, I'm all about production, not potential. We've got a lot of potential on this roster, not not, not a lot of production. Fine, fine. 
it's basically his way of saying you got to earn it. We're not going to we're not going to give you a spot based on being a first round pick or being a draft pick or whatever. And that's that's just as much about Amari Rogers as it is Christian Watson or Romeo Dubs or anyone else. And that's right. And by the way, I'm fine with him saying that that's true. And it's not about where you were drafted. It's not about how much talent you have. It's not about your physical tools. It's about are you in the right place at the right time? Are you doing the things that we're asking you to do? Are you showing that you're retaining the information? And when you make a mistake and are corrected, do you make that mistake again? That's the thing. Devontae Adams talked about playing at, at Aaron Rodgers' speed. Mario Rodgers slimmed down, apparently. Cut some weight, cut some body fat to get a little bit faster. We know Christian Watson is fast, fast. But on a go route, Jerry Alexander with him step for step. He's fast, fast too. The NFL, these guys move at different speeds. So you have to get up to speed in order to play with a guy like Aaron Rodgers. So it's not a pure criticism of him. I just, unfortunately, there is a pattern of behavior. And, and some people freaked out when this was in, a, in an article a couple of years ago from a player talking about that it's always someone else's fault. I don't, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I'm not in those rooms. I don't know. About that. I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say he's always shirking responsibility. No. All I'm saying is I think about quotes like that from former players. That one was anonymous. So it's not from the usual suspects that everyone gets mad about. When I hear something like that. When I hear it framed like that. It's just not the way that I would want to see it handled. Now in some ways far be it for me. Right. I'm not there. I'm not Aaron Rodgers. I've never been in that circumstance. So I, I get it. If you want to push back that way, I get it. That's fine. It really is. The, the proof is going to be in the pudding, though. And, and you know, I, I think these questions are reasonable. Ken Aaron Rodgers, he has changed the way that he is a leader over the last couple of years. You see it. You hear it from players, the way that the young guys talk about Aaron Rodgers now versus the way they did five years ago, which was to say they didn't really. Is night and day. And so he can change and has changed as a leader. This was just one of those things that just sort of made my ears perk up a little bit. I was just like, "Mm." I wish that hadn't been the take. I wish that hadn't been the answer. And I wish more often he would say it's on me for a coach who says every day for every failing It's on me. It's not on the players. It's on me. I didn't get them ready to play. I would like to see the leader of the team, the future Hall of Fame quarterback, the four-time MVP, the guy who sets the tone, who says, when I'm there, practice is different because I set the championship-level tone. I want that guy to say, I need to set the tone for them. I need to be the leader that says, this is what the expectation is. I need you to follow it. I need you to come with me on this journey. I need to make sure that I'm getting the best from them. That's what I want to hear. That's all. I think everything he said is right. I just, I'm, I'm just nitpicking here a little bit from a leadership standpoint because this is different. This is new for him. The need to rely on these guys. And you can go back to 2018 when he was pissed about the effort and the execution from those rookies, from EQ, from MVS, and from Jamon Moore. And it turns out Moore is just not an NFL player. 
It turns out EQ is a borderline NFL player, although I, th- I still think there's more talent than we've seen on the field the last few years. We saw the tantalizing ability as a rookie. And MVS is a good player, but a very specific type of player. I didn't like the way that was handled either. Rodgers is hard on these young players, and I, I just don't know if that is the always the best way to handle it in these circumstances, especially with the way modern athletes are. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Caramel brownie. What do you think of when I say caramel brownie? Probably decadence, chocolate, deliciousness. How about healthy? You probably don't think of that, do you? Okay, but built, they did it. They did it, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, four grams of sugar in a caramel brownie built bar covered in 100% real chocolate. And you know, because it's built, it's going to taste wonderful. It is going to taste amazing with all of the macros that you're looking for. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Make your second listen Locked On NFL. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. Follow Locked On NFL every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Uh, one little note, we, we have a Summer Friday conversation coming up with Cassidy Hill from Packers News. She wrote an awesome, awesome, awesome monster feature on special teams on Rich Bisaccia. Will Compton gave her a ton of insight. Um, it's, it's a really cool piece, and we're going to talk about special teams, um, all of the stuff that she learned, the changes. They went through specific, the botched plays, and broke them down in detail. So I'm um, really excited to talk to her about that. That will be our Summer Friday conversation this week. Also, DK Metcalf, not at me camp. Very unhappy with the way the contract negotiation is going in Seattle. Just something maybe to file away to store if the Packers want to get a little crazy, get a little aggressive. Now is not the time to do it. But I don't know. I don't know. Seattle needs to take a hard look in the mirror and try and figure out what they are. They cannot think that they are able to compete this year with Drew Locke. They cannot think that, but maybe they do. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Subscribe to the league. 